Thank you, Janet Lee. Oh, I love your touch, and those are our songs of the Spirit. And I thank God for all those songs that God gave me many, many years, and some more recent, but a lot of those dating way back. God bless you, Janet. And hello out there, everybody, in broadcast land. Well, let's just briefly go over some of the broadcast announcements. <clears throat> Whisper of Satan, part 21, we were talking about um, the distance from zero, and um, I hope to just touch on that today. We won't be getting into a finishing product of it, uh, but we'll touch on it. Uh, that won't happen right away. We've got a lot of other things we want to cover, um, but um, we're, we're, uh, <clears throat> we're narrowing down on the forces dark, you know, and... Uh, we're hammering on them like they would like to hammer on us. And uh, we're breaking up their unity. So blessed be the name of God. And then um, there was the announcement that we made, uh, part 20. And uh, it was uh, titled, Other Tongues and Other Bodies Not of This World. And, you know, we've never really never really completed that teaching. And it's such a an awesome teaching. We We talked about the transfiguration of plu perfect spirit energy into physical lattice substances thereby or therefore creating living body intermingles of blue uh, plu that's p l u dash p e r f e c t plu perfect energy uh, or spirit energy that takes on the appearance and likeness of natural physical substance in the universe but is of other tongues and other bodies, not of this world. And um, <clears throat> we're going to get in to some of that subject when we get into this, the distance from zero. Um, we, uh, we talked about uh, in um, Whisper of Satan, part 18, about the bird wars of the angel kind. And... Uh, I, I find, you know, that so very intriguing, very interesting. And, uh, of course, there's a lot of things that along this line and even deeper that will be revealed uh, in, the, in the book of Revelations. Now, where we are right now is um, the, 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 the book that is such a beautiful book, Star Rise, is... Um, it's getting ready to come getting ready to come out of the oven, and um, we uh, we have the money for the publishing of it. We hope that it's enough, and I think it will be. And um, the printing uh, just on the the sixth of this month, uh, the money was made available because we had to wait about fifteen days for it to clear into you know U.S. funds that we have here in Canada. Uh, uh, along with the Canadian uh, uh, funds, uh, all in the Peace Country Bible uh, College uh, accounts. And uh, <clears throat> I don't want to make that sound like we got a lot of money in there. We have accounts, but uh, very humble. And um, uh, we um, are now uh, at the point where we can start uh, looking for uh, who is going to publish these books. We have people in mind. We have done investigative work, and we've got uh, helpers uh, doing this. 
And so um, it's not going to be long up the road before one of these days uh, the first edition will be out and we'll be able to send it, and it'll be so exciting. The other thing is, just uh, yesterday on um, the um, Manifestor Yada Facebook, Manifestor Yada Facebook, we put a picture of this beautiful art that I commissioned Razuli to do for the cover of the book. And it is this awesome, stunning picture of uh, Jesus Christ ascending up into the stars toward the, toward the, the uh, Father's house and, and other stars following him in the uh, coordinates to the name of this book, Star Rise, uh, there is Jesus Christ rising in a star rise, uh, you know, almost type of rapture with these angels uh, having been delivered that were on earth and are following him to the Father's uh, house described in the 14th chapter of John. We also have a close-up of his face. And uh, the, the two pictures together are, are sensational. We put this um, uh, beautiful art um, uh, picture magnificently done by Rizzuli <clears throat> into um, a gorgeous frame. And you'll be able to see what the frame looks like. And then we've also uh, mentioned the, the price of what uh, the, um, the, the, these paintings will sell for. Uh, they won't be the original, but they will be uh, incredible copies. And um, uh, it, it tells the story of that and, and the availability. Uh, we're going to use that, that money to help us go forward with uh, some of the other things that are in the making. Now, we've got a, an, an unusual offering uh, that has um, come our way for getting out this uh, first television show that we want to do that is about a 45-minute show and uh, is called uh, Universe Worlds Without End. Universe Worlds Without End. And um, uh, it... it um, uh, we're going to get participation with this film, uh, television uh, uh, filming company, and um, uh, all we have to come up with is uh, $20,000. We have uh, a family that uh, might help us with that, but they wouldn't have their funds until December, and that's not a definite decision. Um, if there is anyone out there that uh, could come up with the money now, we could get this going. We could get this... We could get this thing so that before too long, I mean, not very long at all, we would have uh, this on television. And it would start in Edmonton and then uh, could fan out onto international television all across the world. And once that would happen, ladies and gentlemen, people would then know about this manifest teaching uh, because it would be exposed to millions of people. So... Real, incredible things are happening. Spiritual things are happening. You know, materializations, appearance things, uh, just beautiful, beautiful things. An awesome Holy Spirit is, is, has just descended in a very super quickening type of way. So um, here are these things I'm saying. Uh, they're real. And uh, we are moving forward uh, on a grand scale of happenings. Blessed be the name of God.
All right. Now, today we are in an interesting uh, time of um, the Whisper of Satan, part 21. And we want to uh, bring in some new things. We want to cover some of the things that we already covered because I find when we don't do that, that people just, they lose it. They just, they just can't keep it together. And, uh, and so we have, to, we have to keep repeating some things. What we want to talk about <clears throat> is this very important time that, that God did something on the mount. And God repeatedly in different ways throughout the Bible speaks about the pattern showed, shown unto thee in the mount. And we find that in Hebrews 8, 5. And I think what most of the people consider that this is just about the patterns like in Exodus 25, 9 through 40, in which patterns of the holy articles uh, uh, were uh, revealed. And uh, like Numbers 8, 4, uh, the patterns which the Lord additionally had shown. But uh, that is totally missing the deeper point. And remember, in the manifest revelations, there are three levels and a plus. You have the 30-fold, you have the 60-fold, and you have the 100-fold. Jesus taught about these folds, and he called them seed. Now, we're going to be talking about the distance from zero. Uh, I'll show you later in the teaching, if we have time here to get into it, the, the, uh, the Zara the 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 zira, the zira the zara and the zira these are the hebrew terms for seed and 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 closely related uh, type of uh, associate uh, meanings and uh, we we could say that zero is a seed and it seeds and um <clears throat> When we think about zero, it's, it's not just some simplicity. You take a one, and one is only one. But if you add a zero after it, it's automatically ten. You add two zeros, it's automatically a hundred. You add three zeros, you've got a thousand. And you can keep going, you know, to billion and, 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 and trillion and on and on. Um, it also is a resolution, because if you're counting... Uh, and you want to get to 100 or to 200, and you get to 199 or, or uh, uh, you know, uh, or uh, or 99, you can say 99 or 199, to get to the 100 and to get to the the 200 without zeros is really bulky, and and it 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 just misses, you know, the the interval of revelation that zero does when it finishes off. You know, and you're counting all those digital numbers, you know, one through 99, but then all of a sudden you get 100 and you just go back to the one that you had in the beginning, but add two zeros and now you've got a hundredfold. So zero is a powerful thing. And, and it's far more powerful than anyone has ever imagined. Uh, and we will be getting into that, you know, like a little bit today and a whole lot, Lord willing, next week. But this thing about the pattern is so important, you know. Because people have thought, oh, those patterns are just about these, you know, all of this stuff that that's Old Testament, that has nothing to do with this anymore. 
that's whoever is telling you that, or you yourself, or whoever, is 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 one hundred percent wrong, because those those um, uh, patterns, uh, even the even the the ones described in in Exodus twenty five uh, nine through forty, all have meanings and and interpretations that are very very important for not only the past but for the present and for the future. And then it, there's even more beyond that because when we look at um, Hebrews 8, 5 about the patterns showed thee in the mount, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people don't, don't get the story. A little bit of that of it is told in Hebrews nine twenty three, you know, and he says it's necessary. It's necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified. And this purified, uh, you know, situation is bringing these revelations forward, the manifestation forward of what these patterns really represented. Because when you, you don't understand what they represented, then you are not able to read read them because they are part of the invisible Bible. And they are invisible to you as to what the real meanings of them are. But they need to be purified. And as you purify them, you magnify them. And you manifest them. And you bring them into a revelation. Uh, and it, that is so absolutely important. And, uh, and, it, and, and it made a comparative that, that there is another move that enhances uh, a step up of these patterns from the state that they are in. They are in a state that sort of is comparative on the animal level, which is like a 30-fold. But if, when, when once you purify them, then it says that, that you, you move beyond uh, that level and you move into a, uh, a, a better offering, a better sacrifice. And um, so it says, but the heavenly things themselves... Now, notice that. Please notice that with me. That these heavenly things that are moved up to this higher level themselves, it makes these things that are moved up into this next level a personification because it makes it a them, themselves. So as we talk about this, uh, you know, pluperfect kind of energy uh, that is used to intermingle into these ziths and so that there is actually a uh, twin spirit of, of an entity that, that is configured and, and, uh, and, and transmuted into uh, that, uh, that uh, physical spirit machine uh, called a zith or a zoot or some of the other names that are given on the negative side, uh, that there is a personification that is even mentioned in the scripture that I just read, Hebrews 9.23. The heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better offerings than the other ones. Now you see the 30-fold, the 60-fold, and the 100-fold yet to come. So, as we begin to open our minds and draw unto our, our thinking things beyond just the natural syndromes, we begin to grow in ways that cannot be described from the idea of schooling in natural education 
schooling even in universal um, or university rather schools type of education. And we begin to look at this thing and say, okay, what what is this thing then about the mount? Well, the real revelation, come on, listen to me now. The real revelation is in Psalm 68. And that's the real revelation about the mount because that moves it out of the configurative aspect of the 30-fold, which the 30-fold has many, many important contributions. But when you get into Psalms 67, you get into Psalm 60, uh, 67 and then into Psalm 68. Uh, 67 sort of sets it up. We'll just concentrate on Psalm 68. And uh, and it talks about, you know, uh, there that 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 something really happens. And here's 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 what it, you know, here's what it says. And this is is so beautiful. Um it says that uh, that God is revealing his revelations in a way that is massive. And in, in 68 verse 17 it puts it this way. The chariots of God. Now let's say the ziths of God. The ziths and the zoots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. And the Lord is among them as in Sinai, the holy place. Now here's the mountain, Sinai. And this same reference of Sinai goes back to the Old Testament to a place that is also selected as where the substance of those more uh, mundane type of revelations that fall in the 30-fold were given that still are important, that still have application. But the real next step up, which moves you from those things that are totally figurative only to the earth and moves you up to a connection of those things that are not only figurative to the earth, but they are also figurative to the heavens. And in this verse here, it talks about the chariots of God. The sense of God. And it talks about the number 20,000. Now, when we take that number exponentially, which I will not do today, but if I were to take that number ex- exponentially and put all of the, the various um, manifest math sacred entries into it, then that number becomes uh, numerated uh, beyond a person's imagination. And where this is happening at, and notice that at the same time that it mentions the chariots of God, which are the the vehicles of God, that then it says, without there being a language separation that differentiates the instrument, the vessel, from the person. It says... Now listen, the chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. Now we've been talking about how that these chariots, these ziths, actually have in them the Spirit. And here, that's what this scripture says. These 20,000 chariots, yeah, even these 20,000 angels. (laughs) And now, 
we see the continuity of these scriptures I've been showing you in Ezekiel and in other scriptures in the Bible. There is continuity. Why is there continuity? Because the invisible Bible is being opened up and people are, start, are being able to see the truth. And the truth is setting free their minds, liberating them. And it says, and the Lord is among them. He's part of that. And, and that's where the, the angel in the revelations that we hope to get to today, Merkabah, the throne chariot, the throne zith, described in Exodus, described in several other places in the Bible. And it being so important because it is the white horse. In Elijah, we have the, we have the, the chariot and the horsemen thereof. And the fire and all of that. And we begin to understand that those are physical, figurative descriptions that have a high level of interpretation. And when we get into that high level of interpretation, and the Lord is with them as in Sinai, in the holy place. So the pattern on the mount, ladies and gentlemen, that has gravity, that has sensationalism, that has power so evident so forceful of the profile of that which is prolific of revelation is this statement right here in the 68th chapter, 17th verse of a pattern on the mount that God's saying, you know, if you think the pattern on the mount that was about those physical things that were earth level 30-fold is important and they were necessary, you need to know how necessary and how important this heretofore indelible truth that is now being made to be seen and heard and felt that has to do with the real revelation on the mount. Because this is the time that Moses meets Yahweh. This is the time that Yahweh begins to reveal his personal plan not only to be among Israel, but Israel to be among him. And this revelation is the real sensationalism of the plan of God to ultimately bring his people into salvation, redemption, and overcoming. And so that's the symbol on the mount. And if you get rid of that symbol on the mount, you get rid of all of the ziths and the zoots you get rid of the chariot that even that that, that they, they are they are angels of. You get rid of the of the chariot of the Merkabah that that Yahweh is is the head uh, of. You get rid of the of the host and the archangel over the host. And that's what's been going on. They they they've been not acknowledging this. And I say they. We don't need to pinpoint who the they are. We just know that there is other aspects of thinking out there that have not opened to these these deep word insights. And by not opening to them, they are they are wandering in a field of lost evidence. Because they have no word, they have no evidence, they have no proofs to show the people out there what the real word of God is. 
And so now, it is so exciting. Now Jesus takes, through the Holy Spirit, through David, and he ties in this sensational aspect in the Mount Sinai, where the real pattern of the Mount that God wants us to know, and he connects it with this next scripture. Thou hast ascended on high. Now some people have ascended, but they haven't ascended on high. Some people have only ascended to a mine lane that's 30-fold. But when you start getting into the 60-hundred-fold, you're ascending on high. And it says, Thou hast led captivity captive. Well, if you're in a human body, you're, you're, you're captive. You're captive by the, the, the chains of the flesh and blood, cellular cords that have your spirit entrapped and entwined within. And is he going to take you at that time out of your body? He says, I pray not that you leave the world. Now people, people think, you know, like, oh, see, he doesn't want us to leave earth. But most of the time in the in, in, in New Testament, especially in John the Revelator and, and in the book of the Gospel of John, when he's saying world, he's not talking about earth. He's including the earth because the earth is part of the world. But he's talking about the cosmos, the universe. And, and God's not planning on taking us out of the universe until the work is done. And so he keeps us captive because there's a work in the body that has to still happen until the total conclusion reaches its finish point. And so he says, I want to take you as you are in that physical body. I want to take you to the Father's house because those people that walk around there, they walk around there in physical bodies. And those people are originally from earth also. All right. It's so exciting. Now, there are so many things. So many things. And it's just difficult to even begin to comprehend it. It's really difficult to get the full glory of it. But here I want to say, the Bible tells us there are forces out there. One of the forces... It's called a destroyer. We'll talk about that after a little bit. But let's, let's go a little bit more on these patterns because they are so important. These patterns are also figurative things that are described. And I know there would be people that when I've said, I'm going to tell you about the wars of the angels, I'm going to tell you about you know, the wars of the Ziths and the Zoots and all these kind of things against the opposite forces. I know there'd be people out there say, I know the Bible and I know that's not in the Bible. There's no possible way as he claims that he can show these things in the Bible. But, but you know, you're just wrong. You're just wrong. And the reason you say that is because you don't know how to read the invisible Bible. And because you don't know how to read the invisible Bible, then it's very serious because you're missing a lot of things. Now, we know that there are symbols and there are names that represent in their transfiguration spiritual and literal happenings. And when we come into the interpretation of that, 
in the Akva, which is a declaration found in Hebrew Strong's Concordance 262, and, we can, and when we come into the Akava, the solution of riddles, which is in 263 of Strong's Concordance, and then by beginning to make that declaration, begin to re- make that resolution that brings about solu- solutions of the riddles, we come into 262, which is another Akava, but this time it means brotherhood. So we see the unity that that can bring to the church, to the people. Now, let's look, for instance, at one of the scriptures, and I, I can't possibly cover all of this, but I, I, I cover, you know, quite a bit. Let's look at the word wind on winds. So in Daniel 7.2, it says that the winds strove upon the great sea. Now, here we have an incredible revelation if we understand what winds mean. And when we begin to understand that these winds represent the forces of darkness and the forces of light, they represent the, 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 the zits and the zams on one side. Zit is Z-I-T-S, zits. Sam, Z-A-M-S, on one side, which is the forces of darkness. On the other side, you have the light, the forces of light. And so you have the Zuts, Z-U-U-T-S, and the Ziths, Z-Z-I-T-H. And some would say, yeah, but that's not in the Bible. No, no, you're wrong. It is in the Bible. And I do not, in this message, have time to do all the breakdown. You know, a lot of these things I'm teaching on the broadcast, I mean, they need to be in a book to have enough time and place to really give the details. But let me just go over it. The word Zams is taken from Zamzumans and Zuzims, spoken of in Daniel 2.20, and in Strong's Concordance Dictionary, Hebrew, 2157 and 2161. And you also get the Zaman, or Zaman, which is clear. It's a bad sense. It's an evil, wicked device. So we got 251 and 260. Uh, we have, pardon me, 2157 and 2161 and 2162. And then we've got um, 6731. And here we have the the tzitz, which is where the zits, Z-I-T-S, come from. That's in the Hebrew. So if you put all of these together, you can find the revelation of the ships that belong on the side of Lucifer Satan. And sometime in the future when I start breaking them down, I will I will 
give you more technical information. On the good side, we have the the zith in the Hebrew uh, from the word tesezith uh, or silent T, zith, which we take and make that Z-Z-I-T-H. That's in 6737. And it is a floral wing, W-I-N-G, which is all part of this revelation of the UFOs, and there's a whole lot more. I've done some teaching on this before. Then in the Zaluwith, which is 2149 from 2154 of the Strong's Concordance, you get Zoot, C-U-U-T. And this is done because in our abbreviation, we abbreviate out the two L's and leave it Z-U-U, and we abbreviate out the W and the H and leave the T, and we get Zoot. We find that in Strong's Concordance, of Hebrew of the Old Testament, 2149, taken from 2151. And it means a shaking. And at first you might think, well, how can that have anything to do? Well, what it means as you get into the second part here, the 2151, to shake as in the wind. And now that brings us back to our revelation about the wind and how that the wind represents these ziths. So in Second Samuel 2211, it talks about God was seen upon the wings of the wind. And we're told in Isaiah forty thirty one that there comes a day that we are to mount up with wings as eagles. This is on a lesser scale, but it's still getting that idea. Then there's all these other scriptures, you know, and I don't, I just don't have the time to get into them right now, but, um, there's Psalms 17.8, Psalms 18.10, Psalms 57.1, Psalms 63.7, Psalms 68.13, Psalms 104.3. So, we have the winds, the 30-fold, which is like the literal wind, north, south, east, west. But they are all figurative in their physical sense of spiritual things. Then we have the 60-fold, which is the principality winds that cover the whole subject of the four winds of the earth, which means they are, they are covering the counter space and all the crafts and all the actions. And then after that, we go on to the next part. We're going to take a break right now, Janet Lee at the organ, and she's going to be playing some more good, good music. Bless her now.
Janet Lee, thank you. <clears throat> I tell you, people, if you will listen to these songs, they're Holy Spirit songs, played by a Holy Spirit person, and there will be healing. Even if you don't know the words, eventually we'll have it so that all these words are available. And we're going to have different singing and all kinds of things we've got planned. <clears throat> God bless you so much. Back on the subject about the winds. In Revelations 4.8, it talks about the sound of their wings. We know how wings generate wind. And, and we know the connection already with wings and wind. And now we have sound. Of course, we've got sound tron. And in Second Kings 2.1, it says that it came to pass when Elijah was to be taken up by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Very interesting here. Second Kings 2 and 1 and verse 11 should be read. Elijah is to be taken up by a whirlwind. Obviously, clearly, the whirlwind is a vehicle, a craft. And Elijah went with Elijah from Gilgal, which is another word that means wheel. <clears throat> but this is not the word Ophan, which represents spiritual wheel or entity wheel, but Gilgal, a physical wheel. So here we see that how that there is the physical aspect of wheel that is then going to be brought into a spiritual aspect of wheel. And that is the plan of God for the pattern. How does the patterns on earth have a story that tell about the patterns on in heaven? So Jesus said, if you loose those things which are bound on earth, they'll be loosed in heaven. And if you bind the things that are hindering you on earth and keeping you from knowing this truth, then it'll be bound in heaven. You'll be set free. Wow. <clears throat> in Job 38.1 and Job 46... Two times it says, the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. God is speaking out of this message on the mount. This 60-fold revelation on the mount. This word of God that's coming from these angel craft. He is speaking to his people. Now I want to read something to, uh, out of Jeremiah 4.13 because it's a little bit long to try to write down, Jeremiah 4.13 says, And behold, he shall come up as clouds, and his chariots shall be as whirlwind, his horses swift, swifter than eagles. Woe unto us, for we are spoiled. O Jerusalem, wash thine heart from wickedness, that thou mayest be saved. How long shall thy vain thoughts lodge with thee? <coughs> Wow. Verse 16. Make you mention to the nations. Behold, publish against Jerusalem that watchers come from a far country. Now we begin to see as this is tied into the revelation of the chariots. We do not say that you cannot go back into the word and find that it also has a Gilgal connection, a physical connection. A physical wheel connection. But Gilgals only spin and move on earth. They do not move up in the heavens. 
That's the old fan, the wheel in the middle of the wheel. And they are used sometimes to depict things in the heavens. But don't get them confused. And now we have this thing of the watchers. And God is saying there are watchers. We know if you take the time to just look this up, there are the good watchers and there are the evil watchers. So you've got the watchers, like the Bible says that the the good angels, the angels of God are preaching the everlasting gospel in the skies. <clears throat> we therefore know <clears throat> that there are other kinds of groups that are preaching the anti-gospel in the skies. Because we've got the watchers that are evil, we've got the watchers that are good. We've got, you know, the, the Ziths and the Zoots and the Zams and, and the Zits. There's a war there. And I read to you in Daniel 7-2 that they strove upon the great sea. Now the great sea is about described in Revelations chapter 13 about the people. Because in, in Revelations 17-15 it says the waters represent nations, people, tongues. So we realize that this striving, what it's all about, and, and why are the Zith, and why are the Zams busy being watchers, and what are they doing? We know the good Ziths are preaching the everlasting gospel. But what and who are they preaching it to? They're preaching it to the waters, the people on earth. And they're either preaching the good message of good tidings or they're preaching the evil message of the destroyer. And let's go on with this. And they come from a far country and their voice and give their voice against the cities of Judah. Sometimes we have the evil forces that are coming out to destroy but sometimes we have the good forces that by their proclamations and their proclamation might be to move their grace, to remove their grace, remove their mercy. And when they remove their grace and remove their mercy, they create a vacuum and that opens up the forces of, of darkness to then be able to come down and be the destroyer. So on the one side, people might say, God creates good and evil. But he doesn't create it directly. He creates it indirectly by making available free mortal choice. And then people choosing the wrong thing. And so, then we see how awesome these revelations are. As we go on into this reading, um, we see how big that this is. By In the same chapter, just down a few verses, it says, I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form and void, and the heavens, they had no light. 
I beheld the mountains, and lo, they trembled, and all the hills moved lightly. I beheld, and lo, there was no man. The humans didn't make it through some of this destructiveness. But somebody else did, and all the birds of the heaven were fled. There was no man, but the birds of heaven, they just got out of there. We're going to talk about that later, and there's the scripture. Verse 28, And for this shall the earth mourn, and the heavens above be black, because I have spoken, I have purposed it. I will not return back, and I will not repent, neither will I turn back from it. Okay, let's look on some more here. Ezekiel 1.4 A whirlwind out of the north, a great cloud, a fire enfolding itself, a brightness of amber. There's another whirlwind. <clears throat> this is the opening of the Ezekiel book where he starts telling about all of these spiritual craft and all these wheel in the middle of a wheel craft. Daniel 11.40 King of the north, many ships chariots like a whirlwind. Though there may be a physical aspect to this, a figuration physical, they exist only in the sense of importance that they are symbolic and a pattern of something of a higher realm. And so, the proof of that is very, very clearly mentioned in the book of Ephesians Chapter 6, verse 12. Four, preposition four. This is a setting word. It is setting a statement that is a way of saying because or why. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and against the rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loin, loin, loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now here, in the connection to this war of the angels of a certain kind, it's not a war against flesh and blood, although down on the earth there is flesh and blood actions and wars happening that are patterns for a spiritual warfare that is taking place. But they do not count in the same way that the spiritual wars do. And there is the emblem on earth that we are to put on that is to represent this war that is taking place of the principalities. And it talks about girding up our loins with the truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now we're going to get into some more of this here. It's pretty important. Jeremiah twenty three nineteen talks about a whirlwind of the Lord and the, and, and the judgment. Isaiah sixty six fifteen, Behold, the Lord will come with fire and with his chariots to render his anger with fury and flames of fire. Wow. Now, 
I put down here to read, but I don't have really time right now. So look up Isaiah seventeen twelve through thirteen, Isaiah forty twenty two through twenty six, Isaiah seventeen twelve through thirteen, Isaiah forty twenty two through through twenty six. Jeremiah twenty three nineteen. Behold, a whirlwind of the Lord has gone forth. Now we've got all this revelation about winds. We've got all this revelation about the pattern. You've been given the names. You're showing about the importance of of the pattern that was revealed in the mount. But which particular mount that is talking about as far as the level of its manifold application, whether a 30-fold or a 60-fold. And then there is this thing, the destroyer. And this is this dark force. Job fifteen twenty one: The destroyer shall come with a dreadful sound. Psalm seventeen four: Keep me from the paths of the destroyer. Remember, Lucifer Satan is said to have made the world a wilderness. First Corinthians ten nine through ten. Don't tempt Christ as some who have who were destroyed by serpents, nor murmur as those destroyed. By the destroyer, upon whom the ends of the world are come. This is a real thing, ladies and gentlemen. There is a physical aspect of the thirtyfold, but it is only a sign and a symbol of the sixtyfold. Isaiah forty nine seventeen Thy children shall be possessed by the destroyer. MIV. We see that this destroyer thing is capable from his orbits in the heavens around the earth to even affect people in a possession type of way. And that's his plan to take over the minds and the wills of the people who are the fallen ophanim. The Bible says that there is a holding action going on in Revelation 7 1 where the there, the angels of the four winds are being held, are holding, holding them back. Now we can understand that those four winds then represent the fullness of everyone on earth. Not just a part of the earth, but everyone on the whole globe is a part of those four winds of the earth. And both the forces dark and the forces light of light are involved in the fullness of all of those winds. And like we got the four corners of the earth representing people. The four winds of the earth representing people. The four rivers of the earth representing people. The four um, other many things that could be mentioned that I don't have time to mention that are representing people. So that those things, as mentioned in Matthew twenty four thirty one. To gather the elect from the four winds of the earth. We see that the connection of the four winds is actually talking about the people, the elect, that's all over the, all over the world, all over the earth. Now, we're beginning to open up some things. We're beginning to help you see some very important, very, very important things. We've got these different breastplates of righteousness. 
And even when the the Urim and Thummim was made, it was put into the breastplate. And the breastplate, of course, has always been a protection device for war, basically war on earth. For a long period of time, breastplates were used on earth in wars. And plate armor uh, was not changed and stopped being used until about the year 1650. And so we see that now that other terms like breastplate has a very important meaning. And here are some scriptures you can study on. Isaiah 59, 17-18 Ephesians 6, 14 1 Thessalonians 5, 8 Revelations 9, 9 Revelations 9, 17 Now what's happening? Well, we know that in Daniel 10, 12-14 and verse 20 it describes how that Gabriel was fighting off the prince of Persia. And then how that Michael the archangel came to help him in order to move it out of the the time delinquency into a, the urgency of the time that was necessary for Daniel to have the information he needed. But we see how that these Prince, these principalities took on the physical transfigurative aspect of a nation called Persia, which at one time was a really great, powerful nation. And how that it was using that nation, that nation in warring and, and all kinds of things. And how that then, when ministers and theologians get into the Bible... And they think that they are interpreting. Well, now there was first this this nation of Persia, and then they start talking about, you know, that whole story. And uh, then they talk about, you know, Alexander the Great and how he came out of that medieval Persia and how that, uh, you know, that this is what the revelation is about. And they're missing, they're missing it. They're missing it. They're not realizing that though there is a physical story, that that physical story is the part that's, that's got to be purified and you've got to move out of that because that is just an example. Then it talks about, you know, then, then he says in verse 20, now when I leave from fighting the prince of Persia, I've got to go and fight the prince of Grecia or Greece. And, and that's another great power that c- comes. Then later there's there's the Roman power that comes, that's around for about a thousand years. And so people say, now you see, that's the interpretation of the Bible. That's the interpretation of these scriptures. And aren't I great? I'm a super, th- uh, I'm a super theologian who's interpreted to you what the meaning was. And they don't understand that they have totally missed the boat. That those things that literally happened and are described in there in in symbolic terms that they are only important as those represent the spiritual warfare that was going on. 
the real spiritual warfare wasn't about Alexander the Great and his his incredible victories, but was the forces of the spirit, the Prince of Persia, the principality that was fighting against the other principality, Gabriel, and then also later, you know, uh, Michael. So that the real war was just like it says in Hebrew, or pardon me, in Ephesians 6.12, we fight not against the flesh and blood. That is not the war. That is not the thing that is really trying to be amplified in the Bible. But the real war, the real thing that's going on is what those wars on earth in the flesh are only symbolic of. And what is really directing a lot of that to happen or not to happen or to be incurred or to not be incurred is what is really happening between the forces of the principalities, not the flesh and blood 30-fold revelation. Now once you see this, you say, oh my God, That's the invisible Bible, isn't it? You're right. That's what people are missing. They're reading this one thing, line upon line, word upon word, precept upon precept. The Bible says that they might fall backwards and be broken. They think they're interpreting this. They think they got the answer to it. And they're interpreting these literal physical things that have happened in history. But they are not the story that the Bible is really trying to highlight and trying to bring into the revelation. The real thing is the battle that's going on between the principalities. And how that these people on earth are just like, they're just on a world stage. And it's a game of chess. It's a game of chess between the, the, the Zoot and the Ziths against the Zams and the Ziths. Z-I-T-S instead of Z-Z-I-T-S. And so that revelation is the real revelation of the story of the mount and the pattern in the mount that God wants us to know about of the 20,000 20,000 chariots, the 20,000 ziths, which are even 20,000 angels. My Lord and my God. And the breastplate of righteousness, what does it have in it that differentiates it from being the battle instrument, the physical battle instrument? Well, The revelation of that symbolic unit is that this breastplate has a pouch where it carries the Urim and Thummim, which is the perfection of lights. So that moves it out of just being in the physical 30-fold realm to being in the 60-fold realm to the perfection of lights and brings you into this pluperfect entanglement. You see, the scientists think they really understand the word entanglement. And they say, now that that is, is it could be an, uh, an atom way over on the other side of the universe that's entangled with an atom right here locally. So that what happens to this one atom happens to another atom. Hey, you're, you're, you're out of date. 
Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. But Jesus was talking about the entanglement of the angels that had gotten into this realm of proved perfect material. That is a different kind of material. Einstein once talked about this physical material that he said is so weird, it's so different from regular physical material that it's really not physical material. But yet it has some of the aspects of physical materials. So we don't really know what it is. And so people didn't really want to talk about it either. And, 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 and even Einstein said, he said, this thing is so far out, he said, it's spooky. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting the spookiness out of this. And we're bringing people to the, to the total realization of what is the truth about this. Blessed be the name of God. Blessed be the name of God. And, and, and there is so much that is glorious to know. So much that's glorious. Yeah, th- there is a striving. There is th- the, the forces dark and the forces light strove upon the great sea. But people are trying to just re- just revelate, just talk about the great sea, which is the people. But the really incredible thing is, this, is that the forces of darkness and the forces of light, those principalities are what are, are described as that they strove upon the great sea. And that is the real war, the real battle that God is wanting us to know about. Blessed be the name of God. Colossians 1.26 talks about the hidden mysteries. That's what we call the invisible Bible. Wow. Wow. So we've got the helmet is mentioned in there, which is the mind. The breastplate, which is the heart and the urine thummim. And the winds, which are the flying machines, are, the, are what people call the UFOs. But are the Ziths and the Zans, the Zoots, and the Ziths? Of the other kind. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, even if we start getting into the sword and the revelation, the sword, people say, well, see, now that's for physical battles. Jesus, when he said, you got any swords? (laughs) They didn't understand what he was talking about. Nor have people understood in the Garden of Eden when that was closed down and two cherubims were put there. And the swords were flinging and flying every which way. That there was two different forces that were actually fighting for that garden. And they were from the cherubim order. And one was Lucifer, Satan. And the other was Gabriel. And that forever that was going on there is still going on. But that doesn't stop them from being multiplaceable or omnipresent doing and being in several different things at one time. Blessed be the name of God. Well, you know, let's just take a minute and skip over real fast to the book of Revelations, chapter 12. And let's just remind people that there isn't just one war. There are many wars. So if we start off in 
in chapter 12. We see in verse 7 of chapter 12, And there was war in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. That was the first war that's described This happened. Then we had war too. Chapter 12, verse 17. And the dragon was wrought with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. That's another war. Then we have another war. In, in chapter 13, verse 8, or let's say, and verse 7. And it was given unto them, unto him, to make war with the saints and to overcome them. That's war three. Are you listening to me, people? Are you hearing as I'm talking to you about these wars? There are more. Chapter 17. War 4. The ten horns which thou saw are ten kings. Chapter 17, 12 through 13 through 14. They have one hour with the beast. And they have one mind. And their power is to give strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the lamb. And the lamb shall overcome them. That's a different war. That's not the same thing that happened in the last war. Is that the end of the wars? No, there's more. I don't have the time to mention them all. But they're listed in the Bible. There's all these wars that are going on. And, 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 and the Ziths and the Zams are mainly and bodily involved in these. And that is not any minor statement. Dark energy is involved. Dark matter is involved. Wow. Psalms eighteen nine, Second Samuel twenty two two, or pardon me, Second Samuel twenty two twelve. Dark matter, Isaiah forty twenty one through twenty two. We're beginning to see the relevance of these teachings as you listen to this. So when Jesus talks about, as I explained to you last week, about the, the better resurrection and how that the Father taught Jesus the resurrection power, John five twenty through 23, and how that that was a special type of, of resurrection and when Jesus said, I am the resurrection in John eleven twenty five, he was referring to that. And when the Bible was talking about Hebrews eleven thirty five of a better resurrection, it's talking about that special res- re- resurrection in which his angels are given charge concerning him to lift thee up, lest thou dash thy feet against a stone. These are the dignitaries. These are the people, part of that special resurrection that Jesus, who is the resurrection, by transassimilation, begins to bring these people into the oneness. And Enoch and Moses and Elijah and Jacob are already shown in the scripture to be part of that. And of the word made flesh, as described in John, St. John one fourteen. These things are not minor mold. They are so absolutely important. Talking about the breastplate. Leviticus 8.8, 8. he put the breastplate upon him. He also put in the breastplate the Urim and Thummim. That's where you find it. Leviticus 8.8. 8. Exodus 39.8, make the breastplate of cunning work. It's not some minor crumb ball thing. It's something of a very unique flavor. Exodus 28.15, 
shalt make a breastplate of judgment. Yes, it's involved with physical wars and things. But it's also involved with the spiritual aspect. Exodus twenty-eight twenty-nine. Aaron, to bear the names of the people upon his heart for the judgment of Israel. Wow. The pomegranate and the bells are involved in this whole thing, which is all part of the breastplate worn by the priest, which has this robe that includes the pomegranate bell, the pomegranate bell, which I have done the teachings on to show you how that the word zith is involved in all of that. Wow. Exodus 25.8 Make me a, a sanctuary that I may dwell among them according to the pattern. God is saying, I want a sanctuary, but the sanctuary he's really talking about is a tabernacle. The tabernacle he's really talking about is this transassimilation thing. Wow. Exodus 24.16 And the cloud of glory of the Lord abode upon Mount abode upon Mount Sinai six days. And on the seventh day, he called Moses into the cloud. Did, did Moses ever ride in a zith? He sure did. So we've got the colors that it reveals in Exodus 28. The blue, which is 30-fold. The purple, which is 60-fold. The scarlet, which is 100-fold. All have deep meanings. And this brings us then to Ezekiel 1, 4 through 26. The Merkabah, throne of glory. The pilot hold, the zith. The heavenly charioteer, charioteer. The Merkabah, the white horse rider. Incorporating in the white the seven colors of the rainbow and the circle. Read Psalms 18.5. Read Isaiah 19.1. Read Hebrews 3.8. Read Exodus 10.12. People get caught up into the Shema. The one God. Deuteronomy 6.4-9 and then and Deuteronomy 11.13-21 and Numbers 15-37 and 4. But they miss the very Hebrew word Ekad which while it's talking about the Shema being one by using the word ekad, it means a plural one. They're missing the revelation. Again, the folds, the 30-fold, Revelation 17, 15. Literal people, nations, kingdoms, tongues, humans, key patterns, the 60-fold. Deliverance, the salvation plan. Angels preaching the everlasting gospel in the sky. And so, the war of good and evil is going on. The watchers, the angels, the principalities against principalities, the thrones, the coming cosmocrator, the ancient of days, the age of Ion, the age of, of the fullness of the universe drawing together. So as the what people are calling the end is happening and the universe begins drawing together. It is bringing creations closer together where they can actually make contact.
just about going to get there. We've got the cloven tongues. We talked about persons of other tongues and other bodies, not of this world. Well, in the, the Holy Spirit revelation, and we don't want anyone to think that we are in any way changing or taking away from the gift of the Holy Ghost and the gifts of the Spirit and the speaking of tongues and all that. In no way would we ever take away anything from the Comforter who's leading and guiding us into all truth. But by the very fact that when that was mentioned, that when the Comforter comes and he says, unless I go away, I, I, I can't show you the things I want to show you. I, I, I've said all that I can say that I'm supposed to say in this body. And, and the, I, unless I go away, then you can't have this revelation that the Comforter is going to bring. He's going to lean and guide you into all truth, which meant that even during Jesus' ministry, he did not share all the truth. That's why the Bible says the last chapter of John, if all the things were written that should be written, that not even the world could comprehend it. First off, they didn't, wouldn't even have had it revealed to them. And so as you begin to see this and begin to hear this, I've got about five more minutes here. And I know I've got less than that. got just a couple of minutes before I have to turn this over. Let me just give you this. This cloven tongues is a revelation on a, a higher fold about entanglement. We'll put this entanglement, the cleaving of the cloven tongues and the 60-fold, the cleaving power. And in the Hebrew, the, the Zerah, or the Zerah, you can find that in the Hebrews 2333, Strong's Concordance, and 2220 for the the Z-E-R-O-Y, Zerah, or the Zerara, or the Zeroa, for Zero, 2220, and from uh, another zero, uh, zero, uh, 2332, and Zara, Zara, to plant seed to sow, the arm stretched out, the everlasting arm, we were saying, the mighty God force to strengthen the power. That's 2332. That sets us up for more revelation than I don't have time to finish. Janet Lee at the organ. God bless you. Until next week.